not every client is the right client. When you start a business, it's too easy to just take anyone and everyone. You end up with clients that have not got the same values that you've got. Welcome to another episode of Business on a Beanbag. I'm your host, Adam, and this week we're joined by Tom. Hello. And the lovely Claire Flinders, ACMA. <laughs> it's great to have you on. Um, I'm going to hand it over you, to you quickly, um, just to give us a bit of a dive into who you are, yeah. where you've come from, where did you go, Cotton Eye Joe, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, do you want to dive into your journey so far? Yeah, so um, so my business is Mojo Accounting. So we do, uh, well now, we do bookkeeping, management accounts, forecasts, uh, and that kind of thing for, for small business owners and basically help them to understand their numbers. Um, so I started the business uh, sort of nine years ago um, and before that I'd sort of worked in the corporate uh, corporate world as a yep. management accountant. So I actually started, um, well, a long time ago now, sort of uh, over 30 years ago, okay. as a YTS um uh, training to be an accountant at a local authority and then gradually worked for lots of uh, different other organisations, mm-hmm. um, Pirelli Tyres, Santander, and then mo- more recently Electro Components. Um, but then one day I became, a, like a lot of people, disillusioned with the whole corporate yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a lot lots going on both at work and at home. I was getting divorced. And then all of a sudden one day I just couldn't get up from my desk. And I'd kind of had sort of a mini meltdown. Mm-hmm. So I then spent the next three to four months uh, off work. And while I was doing that, I met a, a, a fellow school mum at the gates who was running her own accounts practice from home. Okay. She had 100 clients struggling to cope with it all. And so I started to help her out. Um, and I thought, do you know what? Why haven't I been doing this before? It was, it was running my own practice <laughs> like was always epiphany. something, yeah, that I'd thought about. But because... I hadn't had any experience in it previously. Although I was a qualified accountant, I didn't really have the confidence to kind of go and do it. Yeah. Uh, but working for her g- kind of gave me that confidence and um, really helping small business owners with their accounts um, was what I was really um, passionate about uh-huh. rather than, you know, working with people who had got their own agendas and yeah. and also helping big companies to, to kind of get richer. Yeah, to buy their next yacht. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah... So I, I started working for her uh, part-time and then subcontracted to a few other different accountancy practices. And at the same time as that, started to build up my own clients on the side um, and then grew sort of Mojo Accounting to sort of 250 clients. And we had up to seven staff at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realised that actually I don't I hate the tax side of it, Okay. doing the tax. So I like people helping to get to that point yeah. and understand their yeah, numbers. Yeah. But actually liaising with HMRC who are becoming a nightmare and doing all of that tax side of it I, I kind of didn't enjoy so much um, so we've now sort of pivoted the business to concentrate just on uh, the bookkeeping side mm-hmm. but at the same time helping the smaller end businesses so sole traders and the like to kind of understand the numbers and help them to submit their own tax returns because there's a huge population out there who don't necessarily need to engage with an accountant straight away yeah, or they're worried yeah. or they can't afford the fee they muddle through try and do their own tax return but they they hate it and they leave yeah. it till kind of january the 31st <laughs> um, guilty. yeah 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 <laughs> so so uh, so i've launched kind of mojo business club and it's at the moment it's a facebook group 
and um, the idea of that that there will be sort of training and t- hints and tips and yeah. programs that people can join at an affordable cost um, to to kind of learn from others and learn yeah. from me in terms of how to do their tax return mm-hmm. the right way and to not be scared of it basically and then as they you know feel a bit more confident if they want to then understand you know how to manage cash flow and that kind of thing then 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 that's where it is so yeah so that's kind of it in a nutshell <laughs> Wow. Really cool. Yeah. Um, so, did obviously you sort of like wound up owning your own business almost? Yeah. I want to say like just by accident, or by chance, really. But did you ever envisage yourself when you were younger, like having your own business? Is it something that you wanted to pursue, or is it just something that sort of happened and you embraced it? Um, I think I think I probably did, but I didn't really know what it was I wanted to do. It's like the whole accounting thing. Um, I. Didn't know knew that I didn't want to stay on at school. I did really mm-hmm. well at school, but I hated the school I was at. Yeah. So the, a lot of the teachers wanted me to stay on to do A levels, but I knew that I kind of just wanted to go out and yeah. do do something else. I'd had Saturday jobs and I'd had paper rounds and things like that. Liked like to you know earn the money and stuff. So um, back then, when I was looking for work, you had to look in the newspaper. <laughs> um, so I found an advert in the newspaper. For the Leicester County Council training scheme. Okay. And that's what started me on that, you know, it was um ninety pounds a week plus your bus fare, which was quite a lot for a training scheme back then. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh that sounds cool. So I just joined that and it was a finance training scheme. They put you through the AAT. Yeah, yeah. You went to college one day a week. And that and that was it really. So sadly in some ways I've always kind of done a, well I've always done accounts there was a period yeah. of time where I, I taught accounts for a while at a local college well oh, a couple right. of local colleges yeah. um, and I've dabbled in sort of business uh, personal co- coaching as well life coaching cool. but yeah primarily it's always been yeah accounting is that <laughs> where your passion lies or is that like a skill that you just found that you're particularly good at yeah it's just it's just that I'm, I'm that I'm good at I think I think a lot of people I think a, a lot of the people that have worked with me have said that I explain things in a simple way. Yeah. You, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because I don't use jargon and I'm not sitting in an ivory tower like some of the bigger yeah. accountancy firms. We have to do that with Tom sometimes, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. Talk simply. <laughs> Pull me back down as well from my ivory tower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also that I'm quite calm. So even if there's like a crisis, everyone, yeah. everyone says to me, oh, you clay, you're dead calm. How are you, how, do you know what I mean? So I think it's just something that I've kind of uh yeah fallen yeah. into really you strike me as quite a calm person yeah 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 so like quite soft and yeah i can see how you'd be good at sort of yeah it's tackling that, those difficult uh, situations. it's that like uh, is it the duck scenario where it's calm on the top but <laughs> the feet, yeah, yeah. The feet are like going underneath <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i like that analogy what's um that's it's an awesome journey it's amazing to see like the transition and the sort mm. of light bulb moments throughout but what's been like the biggest challenge um Two things really. A, COVID for yeah. different reasons to to a lot of other business owners really. But B, the staff management is is mm. the the toughest thing. Yeah. Um. I I think. I mean, during COVID, it was really tough for me in different ways. Yes, I was worried about my own business, but I was the first port of call for a lot of my clients, yeah, and yeah. I took on that responsibility that I you know that I kind of had to help them through it so it was quite a burden in that respect because what the government did was um and rightly so they wanted everybody to submit their own um grant claims but people come to an accountant because they don't know how to navigate hmrc they don't know what a government gateway account is 
So consequently, we had to kind of get over all that hurdle first to get people set up so yeah. that they could claim the grants. And then you were hearing, you know, I'm an, I'm an empath anyway, I know that. So when you've got someone on the phone who is telling you, you know, they're worried about how they're going to feed their family and their business is just shut down overnight. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it, yeah. It, it was kind of tough. Yeah, um, it's hard not to take that home with you, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, and to sort of absorb everybody else's um, emotions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that, that was obviously hard, and it was hard, hard for everybody. Um, but, yeah, the second thing is, is staff. It's really difficult, I think, um, just dealing with different personalities, mm -hmm. knowing what um, people's motivations are. Mm -hmm. um, you, you assume when you start a new business that everyone's going to have the same motivations that you do and be yeah. as passionate about your business that you are but actually yeah. then you find out the hard way that they're not <laughs> and if there's a deadline they're not always willing to stay late necessarily yeah. you know yeah. that and, and that kind of thing so yeah. so that that's been the hardest thing yeah how have yeah. you tackled that um i think it's just trying to find out what everyone's motivations are and try yeah. to work with it obviously i've worked with with coaches as well to help me structure it and help to get people together as a team and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and get them working together. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, nobody's gonna gonna work as hard as you do when it's your own business. So you just mm -hmm. have to you just have to um, yeah bear that in mind really. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it? It's really hard to get someone to like buy in because like, yeah. it's your baby at the end of the day. You've given birth to it. Like no one can yeah. love your child like you do, sort of thing. Yeah. This so is I do it. get that. Yeah, um, it is interesting. On the flip side of that, what have been the highlights of sort of like your business career so far? Highlights, I would say, although I, I nearly didn't do it when I did actually open my first office properly and actually had premises, I was like, oh wow, this is my baby. You know, yeah. I've actually opened an office, and you know, who'd have thought I'd have ever got to this place, kind uh -huh, of uh -huh. thing. Um, it was a highlight. But then, obviously, now that the world's changing a little bit every, and everyone's kind of looking at more remote working, yeah, yeah. Um, I've realised that I don't actually need to have an office and I don't need to have that as a, as a symbol. But at sure. the time, it was like a massive thing to see yeah. my sign on the high street yeah. and to yeah. see people walk by and say, oh, yeah, I saw your office, you know. And, um, and I always, I think, wanted to be a high street accountant um, but actually, like as sometimes happens, you get there and you realise actually this is not probably what I wanted yeah, after all. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done it, but actually, yeah. it's not my main motivator. Yeah. So I guess it's slightly different. It's interesting, like from our way of doing things to something like an accountancy firm. Yeah. Because for us, I mean, we we work from home here and there. We sort of hybrid, aren't we? Yeah. 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 Um, and we find that when when we do work from home, it's just a case of right, you 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 power through. You get a lot of done. You're very productive. Yeah. yeah. But because we're quite a creative team, we have to create a lot of creative assets yeah. and things. That when we're in the office, those ideas are better when everyone's together. Of course. But is there anything that you've sort of seen through that sort of hybrid or remote working that's actually been a bit difficult? Yeah, I think keeping the communication going and the, just the, you know, like it's the banter, isn't it? Yeah. The office mm, banter that you miss sure. when yeah. you're at home. I mean, you can set up like Teams and Slack and all those kind of chat, but it's not the same as just Especially having... Especially when there's a delay. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. As, uh, you know, it's not the same as just, you know, having a laugh with people in the office, is it? And yeah. just having that having that banter, really. So that's that's been the, the most difficult thing. And also just making sure that... 
you're checking in with people without feeling like they're being checked up on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you want to ask how they're doing, but you don't want it to feel like you're chasing them yeah, up on their yeah. work or anything yeah. like Double that. Double check they actually are working. Well, yeah, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> not, you know, moving them out, <laughs> yeah. just moving the mouse around. Just get them yeah. to Zoom all day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I want to yeah. look at your mug all day, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So so that, that's been quite tough. And I'm naturally a bit, which is when we did have the office, actually, it was quite funny because I just purposely took myself out. We had two rooms and, yeah. I, and one was a meeting room and one was the office. And I purposely sort of took myself out of the main office and into the other room. A, because I didn't want to sort of be constantly being brought into things that I knew yeah. that they could solve themselves. So mm -hmm. to kind of give them a bit of independence, yeah. but also so that I wasn't kind of just keep chipping in and do you know what I mean? Just to, yeah. you know, to sort of let them get on with it really and uh, mm. not feel like I was kind of breathing down their neck all the time. So, yeah. so, um, so yeah. Mm. So obviously there's not that side of it now working at home. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when I was in the office, because I was a trainee and a YTS when I started, I wanted to give back. Mm -hmm. So I bought in trainees as well. Okay. Um, but probably bought them in too soon, if I'm honest, before right. my business was kind of big enough or ready to do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Because they do need a lot of time and a lot of yeah. help and a lot of development. Yeah. Um, so we don't have trainees now because it is a bit more difficult. That's the other thing with working remotely. Sure. It's more difficult oh, yeah, to train someone in accounts especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also if they're young and they haven't got anywhere to work at home, they're in the bedroom or dining yeah. table or yeah. whatever. So, um, so, that, so that was difficult. But they've gone on to, the trainees that I did have, they've gone on to sort of work for other accountants and well one's actually gone to be cabin crew now and try change oh, okay. of direction wow. so that's a big change <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so it, it is more difficult i think trying yeah. to do have trainees when you when you're remote but um how yeah. big's the team now uh so there's five of us now so yes, what yeah. i tend to do is um i don't have as many people on the payroll anymore and i use because uh, there's quite a lot of good subcontract bookkeeping resource out there yeah. um i've uh, the other thing that i've done is i knew quite a lot of other bookkeepers anyway both from my past experience of working with them directly so i've created this um leicester bookkeepers group and we meet up once a month and oh, we have nice. like a whatsapp chat and stuff and that's good because we can support each other in um the, the bookkeeping world and accounting in general is moving so fast in terms of ai and automation sure. So it's trying to keep up with all the technology. And obviously mm -hmm. in 2026, Making Touch Digital is coming along for the self-employed. Yep. It's already there for VAT registered businesses who have to use um, accounting software already. Um, so it's just good, a good forum to share knowledge with people or what you're using for this and how you're finding that. Uh, but also we, we share a lot of work between us. So some are specialists in Xero, some are specialists in QuickBooks, some use Sage. So if we get inquiries, we can say, oh, does anyone, we've just put it on the chat, and does anyone want to pick up kind of this mm -hmm. inquiry? So it's, um, yeah, it's been really good for that. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Where do you see, um, what's the biggest change that's coming in that world, in the world of AI that we love to talk about? <laughs> what can businesses do or be aware of, do you think? This? I think it's... Um, it's not to yeah i mean you've got make so obviously we've got making touch digital for vat at the moment yeah the next stage in 2026 and 2027 is uh, making touch digital for sole traders and landlords um 
so and, and that's going to be a massive change because they're used to just giving a box of receipts or a spreadsheet to their accountant a lot of them at the end <laughs> yeah. of the year and they're going to have to do it quarterly and it's going to have to be done on software some people are not technologically minded mm -hmm. so they don't want to even entertain trying to learn any software which means that they're going to have to pay for someone to do that so yeah. it's potentially going to quadruple their accounting fee because mm. the accountant or bookkeeper is going to have to do it four times where they were only doing it once before. Um, the next phase after that will be making tax digital for limited companies for corporation tax. Right. So that's probably three, four years, four years away. Um, but it's not as big an issue for a lot of that population because some of them are probably VAT registered already. So they're already in a habit of doing it automatically and mm -hmm, on some mm -hmm, kind sure. of software. Um, but yeah, AI will will automate a lot of it, uh, but it's it's the training and getting people to use it in the right way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also making sure that they have got the right expertise to back it up. Yeah. Because what happens a lot of the time is people get involved in bookkeeping or accounting who don't understand how the coding structure works, don't understand what a profit and loss on a balance sheet means, yeah. and they mess it up because they code things to the wrong places, which the accountant then has to sort out at right. the end of the year. So that's going to be the main challenge because automation and AI is going to make the clients and make business owners think they can do it themselves. And yeah. quick, the adverts like QuickBooks don't help that. They make you think yeah. that it's dead easy. Yeah. But actually, you do need someone who who has you know got the knowledge to kind of keep an eye on it Definitely. i think so yeah. yeah ai can do a lot but there's still some things yeah, that yeah. it cannot replace yeah. Um, yeah but experience and knowledge definitely yeah. yeah yeah that's it why so this this might sound like a really stupid question um but with how long it takes to implement the the digital tax systems mm. why i mean three to four years for making tax digital for limited companies i mean we've been talking about this as far as i'm aware for years already yeah why is that such a big length of yeah. time something like that to change well to be perfectly honest i mean i i go to there's quite a lot of accounting conferences every year and what i go to i go to those if i can hmrc are always there giving mm -hmm. updates on this kind of thing right. and the, the it's being held up because of hmrc to be honest right. shock <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what's holding it up all the software companies are ready to go they've got yeah. solutions that they're ready right. to launch but the main thing that's holding it up is um this uh, what's called the agent authorization so uh, up to now you can only have one because because the way that bookkeepers and accountants submit tax for for business owners mm. is by having their own agent government gateway mm -hmm. so business owners can have their own but accountants and bookkeepers have to have a different one that mm -hmm. they add all their clients to right. and you can only have one accountant for each type of tax right. so making tax digital causes a problem because bookkeepers will be expected to do the quarterly returns, but accountants will be expected to do the year-end tax. Sure. So, so you'd need two agent codes, one for the bookkeeper and one for the accountant, and HMRC just can't get over that hurdle at the moment of creating the two agent <laughs> accounts. I know it's bloody, it's bloody ridiculous, isn't well, it, really? But, I mean, we um, sound shocked, but, well. but... But that's what it is. I mean, the, the self-assessment helpline... The telephone line is actually closed now. You can't yeah. actually call them yeah. up. You've got to. You've no, got to. No, yeah. We can, as accountants, we can call the agent helpline, mm. but some things they won't let us do. 
uh, on a client's behalf, for example, arranging payment plans and things. They won't yeah. always let us do because we're not the bank account holder. So, um, you know, you've, you're a bit, you've got to write in. So yeah. they expect us to do everything digitally, but then they want us to write in <laughs> to do stuff. So it's honestly, it's to, can you see why I'm trying to move away from the tax side yeah. a bit? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the actual government gateway is still an age behind everything else, yeah. isn't it? When you so look at Horrendous. Yeah, it is, yeah. And you need 63 passwords just to get in. Yeah. You've got no hope of remembering. <laughs> and then a 42-digit long code that you never remember. Exactly. Yeah, Honestly. yeah, it is. Yeah, it, uh, it, is, uh, it is ridiculous. And that's one of the problems that accountants and bookkeepers have had over the last, yeah. particularly the last, mm-hmm. ever since COVID, really, mm. um, that so many things are behind at HMRC. We have to keep chasing them. The clients are always chasing us. And then often... They don't believe that we haven't done it because we have to, you know, like VAT registrations and things, for example, were taking like six weeks to come back. So by the time that's come back, the client's already supposed to have been submitting VAT returns sometimes Mm -hmm, and we're mm -hmm. waiting for the VAT registration code to come through. So, so yeah, there's a lot of things that they're going to have to have to change. It's odd that we're so behind as a country sometimes with things like this. Yeah. yeah. Like some of our processes and things that we've got implemented as a country are amazing. Mm. But stuff like this, the, the bread and butter, like, yeah, how yeah. is it not there yet? Yeah, yeah, I know. It is, uh, it is ridiculous. But that said, that's why um, the, the self-assessment form, for example, in itself, if people try to do that, online yeah it's a one size fits all form so depending on what you choose on the first page then depends what options it gives you but sometimes it asks you questions that make you doubt yourself you think Mm -hmm. oh well i do i need that and because of the jargon people just don't understand Mm. it's not worded in a way that most people can actually no no this is it which is which is one of the things i do want to help people with to try and kind of get them through that and Mm -hmm. then by Mm -hmm. the time you know, just to help people make feel them more comfortable, yeah, and then definitely. you know, then when making touch digital come does come along, it'll be an easier transition yeah. for people um, in a couple of years' time. Yeah. So that is so that is literally the root cause of why you created Mojo Club, then. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, a a for that uh, to sort of make it easier for people to, as that's coming along, mm. but also just to get people looking and understanding at the numbers a bit more. Yeah. Because too many people just. Give it all to the accountant and say, I just want to know what the tax is. Mm-hmm. But actually, if they did understand their numbers a bit more in terms of what they're spending in particular, not just where their income's coming from, because a lot of business owners focus on the, the income coming in, but then don't think about what's going out. Yeah. And they're not looking at the net profit. Yeah. That, uh, you know, this caught a lot of people out during COVID because they hadn't been declaring any profit for a lot of years. So mm-hmm. consequently, they couldn't actually claim any grants. And there was a bit of, you know, confusion over, well, I've, I've earned this, but that was your income, not, not your net yeah, profit. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, yeah, trying to get them to think about, think about that as well. What would your, if you have, if you have to pick two top, th- two top three tips? It didn't make any sense. Wow. Three <laughs> top tips for business owners to consider when looking at their accounts to think differently, what would they be? Um, well, first one is just look at what you're spending. So, um, you know, there's lots of things you can do to, to, depending on the size of the business, you know, for example, if you have got premises, look at your energy providers, or if you are paying suppliers, see if you can extend payment terms to sort of pay them a bit further out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and just make sure that whatever's coming in, 
is matching what's going out. So, for example, if some of your customers are not paying you like 60, until 60 or 90 days, mm-hmm. don't have agreements with suppliers that you're paying on 30 days because yeah, you're always sure. going to be on the back foot then. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is looking at your numbers regularly, so at least monthly. Um, now, that's easier if you've got accounting software. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, then a spreadsheet is fine. But just making sure that you're looking at your profit and keeping an eye on your profit so that it's not a surprise when you get to the the end of the tax year. Um, and then just trying to forecast if you can. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just kind of live month to month, day to day, and they're not looking at what's in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're not looking at, you know, maybe in two years time if if they have got a property the lease is coming up and they're going to have to either have a hiking cost or look at new premises or whatever yeah. it is or they might need to recruit a new person how they're going to then cover that the cost of that you know yeah. those kinds yeah, of yeah, things yeah. so Absolutely. forecasting um at least 12 months in advance so yeah. they can see yeah so yeah great tips yeah yeah definitely um thought you'd throw in a bit of a make sure there's a marketing budget in there but it's all right yeah yeah yeah. i didn't mention marketing (laughs) yeah yeah but no i think that's super useful we um yeah we do it because we have so much expense in terms of programs and software that we use every month we go through like do we use it yes or no black and white if we don't use it get rid of it yeah um because that can spiral out of control i remember looking at it once and i was like wow (laughs) yeah more than a wage yeah (laughs) well this is it and uh and and same for me software is one of my biggest costs because i've got obviously all the um, accounting softwares and there's different apps we use as well to scan yeah, sure. things in which like Dext and auto entry and things like that then we all use things like you know this slack and yeah canva and before you know it it like you say it spirals doesn't yeah, it and yeah. i suppose for you guys as well if you're doing specific things for specific clients there might be specific softwares that Absolutely. you need to mm. use for specific jobs that you're doing yeah. but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it can be a minefield. There is literally a subscription for everything. Yeah, right now, yeah. Isn't it? Not <laughs> even even in business terms, but in personal yeah. terms. The yeah. amount of video platform subscriptions that I've got, yeah. it's it's not good. No. Yeah, and it's easy to <laughs> sort of sign up to a free trial and yeah. then forget to cancel yeah. it after yeah, yeah, the yeah. end of it, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But tell you what, let's dive into Dex. So I think that's the best hidden gem in the accounting world. Um, yeah. Our accountant told us about it probably two or three <clears> years ago. Um, but when I looked at it, I love automation. And one of my biggest bugbears was my wife has a salon and she buys everything through PayPal. Mm. It's also mixed with her personal stuff, which is just oh, absolutely mindful. So when it comes to doing her, I think she's got like 400 things to reconcile at the minute. Oh, and I'm God, just yeah. like, just let it crack on. <laughs> but what I realized was you can automate everything through Dex, can't you? Literally, yeah. I set up to her emails. So every time a PayPal yeah. transaction comes in, it comes in and then yeah. it's auto reconciled. I was like, this is oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's the future of AI, really. Um, I think uh, Dex can, as you say, you can you can link it to lots of different platforms like PayPal and it will bring across the, you can even link it to like your energy bills and things and it will bring the bill across every time okay. a bill is created so you don't even have to remember to send it over. And that's the future of AI and where it's going mm. is that, you know, for all of those kind of key providers, it'll all be automated and you can kind of link everything in. Yeah. Um, and it's all obviously part of the bigger plan to kind of move away from cash as well and sort of have everything sort of automated on that line. But yeah, I mean, it's it's good for for business owners as well if they remember to do it in terms of receipts because you don't want to have mm. like loads mm. of receipts hanging around that you c- you're going to lose. Yeah. So you know, if you can remember to do it, you kind of photo- you can photograph it. It gets yeah. uploaded automatically. And the good thing about Dex is it captures all the information. 
and especially if you use the same pr supplier over and over it will remember next time so you don't have to like create it all from scratch yeah. populate it and it will pick up all the VAT from the receipt the right splits of things and it does all of that so yeah it's one of the best yeah. things to mm. to have come along yeah and Dext is I would say the the, the best one on the market it is yeah. the most expensive but obviously <laughs> it is the best because of because of those reasons yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is a bit naughty sometimes. Like it'll read like a bill that if if you get like um, so our estate agent or our landlord sends bills through for like the quarterly number, but it'll add everything together as one oh, big lump yeah, sum. Yeah, is a scary figure in your account. So where's where's <laughs> yeah, my profit? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this is it. You have to be careful whether it's like a statement or an invoice. Yeah, because suppliers will send over a statement if you know if you're an invoice or two behind, and then yeah. like you say, you've got yeah. a big figure in there all of a sudden. Yeah. How have you grown personally over the last few years? Um, oh, that's a tricky one. Mm. Uh, I think you definitely, it definitely makes you more resilient owning yeah. your own business. Um, I mean, I've always been one to worry about what other people think anyway, mm -hmm. um, but you can't necessarily do that when you've got your own business. You've got to have a bit of a thick skin. Yeah, sure. And in accounting and bookkeeping as well, people do move around, clients do move around. Um, and rightly so sometimes because it's good to get a, bit, a good uh, a good different perspective yeah. uh, or they might outgrow you or they might set up a business with somebody else and then want to go to a different accountant mm -hmm. who they know and things like that and it's hard really not to sort of take that personally so yeah, especially cool. at the beginning yeah. I was like oh gosh what have we done you know, it was like <laughs> they're leaving us yeah. Um, but yeah you learn to have a bit more of a thicker skin um, definitely and not not take it to heart so yeah. so that's the main thing I would say um, the other thing is managing people who who work for you and because I've, I've managed people when I was in the corporate world yeah but it's yeah. a slightly different thing because you've got the whole framework and the security of a big company around sure. you to fall back yeah. on mm -hmm. but managing people when you've got your own business is a bit scary so knowing how to deal with that and knowing how to manage well just man knowing how to manage relationships generally yeah. 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 with clients with staff I think that's another way that I've grown in terms of how how to do things, <laughs> um, and just yeah, not to be so nice that everybody tells me I'm I'm too nice. So <laughs> so yeah, so I've had to sort of get a bit of a bit of a thicker skin and yeah, um, yeah not not be so nice sometimes. How, how did you go about <laughs> doing that? Because it, it, it's quite difficult just to switch that light that switch every so often, isn't it? And just go right. I'm not being nice anymore. I'm going to be I'm going to thicker skin. I'm going to not let it bother me. I'm just going to I'm just going to do what I want to do. Was yeah. it a gradual thing for you? Did you have to just sort of come out your comfort zone every every so often? Or yeah, definitely, definitely out of my comfort zone. So psyching myself up, having kind of the right meetings and the right chats, and making sure yeah. I'm prepared. I think has helped. So, for example. You know, I've had to learn actually that not every client is the right client. Mm, yeah. um, and when you start a business, it's too easy to just take anyone and everyone. Yeah. And then you end up with clients who have not got the same values that you've got, like you do with employees as well yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then psyching yourself up to kind of have those conversations with the client or to try and convince them that actually we're not the right fit or, you know, they're better off working with another accountant or bookkeeper. That's a difficult conversation mm -hmm. to have. Um, I don't think it's difficult necessarily for them for them or for me. It's just my own perception of it in terms yeah. of I don't want them to go really, but th yeah. I know that it's not right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's uh, we're just not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And the same with employees. You know, I've taken on... Um, 
employees who again are just just not the right fit yeah. and and you kind of have to have the conversation with them and just say look so long as you've got processes and procedures where mm -hmm. you are you know like objectives or something like that so it's clear why they're not why it's not working out and you've got clear reasons you can go back to them with both to the clients or to the staff yeah. then it becomes easier yeah, yeah. Um, than if it, you kind of let it sort of drag on I think it's just the essence longer. of fairness isn't it just yeah. A being prepared yeah. B trying to see both sides of the story and yeah, yeah. and getting the right support in you know we, yeah, yeah. we have um, we have someone who we we have to do our HR mm -hmm. so if any you know they sort of did all of our uh, policies and procedures and they they did all of our job descriptions and stuff like that and then there we can go to them if we have then got any issues as well so having the right support around you especially when you're a small business yeah. um you know that's why networking groups are really important people think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes when you start a business oh i've got to go to a networking group and i've got to sell my services to all these people in this room to try and win business but a lot of the networking groups i joined particularly when i first started um a lot of the people from those groups are my friends because I did, they didn't actually ever become clients, okay. but they support. We supported each other in different ways. Um, you know, I might have used their services, for example, in branding or HR or whatever sure. it is, um, but you know, they didn't necessarily become direct clients of mine. So it's having people to sort of talk about that kind of thing with, yeah, yeah, yeah. get the right support. It's like um, they call it power teams, don't they? So having yeah. your, your own little power team <coughs> is super useful because yeah. sometimes you like. You call someone and be like, well, I'm going to do this. And like, whoa, whoa, you need to do this, this and this yeah. just to make sure everything's okay. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yeah, I mean, having someone like who's, who's got legal experience as well is quite useful having them on side. Definitely. <laughs> Same as having someone who does social media, someone who does a website. Um, you know, it's good to have the right, yeah, the right support. It's all about relationships, Definitely. isn't it? We talk about that oh, so yeah. much yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Like it's always about people. It's about who you know, how you yeah. interact with them, and how you support each other. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's a big yeah. part of it. I mean, networking. We again, there's something else we talk about a lot, but it's not like you said, just a case of going into that room and selling yourself. Mm. It's developing those relationships, isn't it? And then building on those. So, because someone in that room may know somebody else. Yeah, they yeah. may yeah. know somebody else, and you know, if you're reputable and you're nice and you're trustworthy and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna it just be works. And actually, the nature of what I what I do. Um, can be a bit emotive and a bit sensitive sometimes with people. Yeah. Yeah. People um, sometimes can be a bit embarrassed about, you know, letting someone into their financial world Absolutely. and seeing their numbers. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes it can be difficult conversations. If, yeah. if I prepare somebody's accounts or VAT return and it's higher than they expected, you know, that can be a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what I try to do now is not actually engage or work with people who I've got close relationships yeah. with so whether that's yeah, yeah. friends family or people I've met through networking yeah. I would sooner have my networking's contacts to work with them because it's that one step yeah, removed yeah, because definitely. it's a little bit easier then that's a great tip yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and that's that, that's how you should look at it and that's yeah. what they say isn't it when yeah, you go yeah, to a networking group you're looking for the contacts outside of that room yeah preferably absolutely. because mm. lots of people know lots of people yeah. so yeah. But it does make the relationships easier if you're not, you know, you're not as close to people. Definitely. It's interesting, those, like you mentioned, the difficult sort of conversations, because I was having this conversation a few weeks ago 
and like as a society, we're just not great at talking about money, are we? No, we, no. We just, there's no. such a stigma attached to talking yeah. about finances and yeah. money. So, yeah, it's the biggest thing that drives us all. Why can't we talk about it? Yeah, it is, and actually, that's that's what I've realised. That's what I've realised is the main driver for people leaving their tax return till the last minute. Yeah, because yeah. they just keep burying their head in the sand, Absolutely. and they have got some sort of money mind block. Mm-hmm. So again, with this Mojo Business Club that I've launched, I, I do want to bring in kind of money mindset experts as well. Mm-hmm. And the idea will be that there'll be other sort of financial sort of um, contacts of mine that will come in and give like little stints on different things. Because it does help, because it's okay me, you know, teaching somebody the theory of how to fill in your tax return. But if you have got those blocks, you're yeah. still not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So, you yeah. know, you so... Water yeah. And all that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think it's an age thing or is it general no i think i think it's a, i think it's just general i yeah. think it just depends on on your background you know um i've spoke to lots of different people and their money mindset it's like anything isn't it a lot of people's issues are from childhood mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. if their parents have had issues with money or they've seen their parents out of work or whatever it is then it 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 carries carries with them till adulthood yeah. and then you know and a lot of people as well might be with partners that don't necessarily understand their self-employment and their drive mm-hmm. to set up their own business mm-hmm. they might be different in terms of risk aversity yeah. and they might yeah. be employed and don't actually understand it so then that makes it difficult and that you know that that um, that prevents people from yeah. doing the best as well so so i um i had this because obviously my, my wife's an accountant and every year before I joined Altitude, I have to come to January 31st, I have to submit my accounts. Why do you always leave it to the last minute? And it wasn't mm-hmm. through fear of having to pay or the, the amount. It was just to make it more awkward for HMRC. Because in my yeah, mind, yeah. <laughs> doing it late stops them getting my money early. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, it used yeah. to drive them mental. Yeah, yeah. Well, so long as you're comfortable doing that, I think that's the thing. Many people just don't want to leave it late and they're stressing yeah. about it all over the christmas period yeah that's the thing yeah. um and you know but if that's your choice to do it then that that's just yeah. a choice isn't it yeah. but there are lots of people who just can't get their head around it mm. and also there might not be any issues particularly but some people are just deadline driven yeah and yeah, it's absolutely. like when you're studying for exams we'll always just do it and cram it in at the last yeah. minute so yeah, yeah, yeah. making touch digital will help that I think that's what HMRC understand. It will help that because there'll yeah. be quarterly deadlines rather than the annual one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, it's um, let's be real, it is so HMRC can kind of keep an eye on what's going oh, on. Because there are businesses who, you know, are monitoring the money and will sort of certain parts of the year know that their money is likely to go over some sort of threshold. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, for example, I've... Um, um, heard of businesses that, you know, they look like they're getting up to the eighty-five thousand threshold by the mm-hmm. time they're through thirty, th- th- you know, three quarters of the way through the year. Yeah. So they'll turn their card machine off and only accept cash payments mm, right. from then on, so that they don't have to sort of declare everything. Yeah. The HMRC are not silly, and they'll see that trend happening mm. throughout yeah. the year. Rather than getting a, a yearly figure at the end of the year, they'll be able to see what the quarterly yeah. split of it is. I don't understand this with HMRC. So obviously being in um, the salon world, um, mm-hmm. I think the the way that that is structured for that industry specifically mm. is so wrong because you kind of, you almost don't want to go over that. F- that yeah. f- we went over yeah. that threshold a, a few years back 
um, when we had 12 in the team, we sat around a budget. Well, if you're not going over 150K, literally zero profit because yeah, 20% yeah. of it, because it's, it's really price sensitive. Mm. No one wants to actually pay more than the hairdresser next door, that sort of mm. stuff. So I think um, HMRC really sort of almost like a hank of people to want yeah. to break the law to stay under it yeah because yeah. otherwise yeah. you pay more than you need to yeah this is it and i've seen that so many times where businesses go over the vat threshold as you say but they're, they're only slightly going over or they're only up to like hundred thousand, and it, it does it can kill a business because yeah. it's 20 percent straight away potentially yeah. mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. there are other things you can do there's different schemes you can go on flat rate scheme and and things but generally 20 percent is mm. gone straight yeah. away and the, and part of the problem is that they haven't raised the threshold for so long no. yeah. it yeah. should be at least over a hundred thousand now instead yeah. of 85 um, but yeah, they just won't because they know that they, you know, they're earning so much from it. I guess. Yeah. But, um, well, I suppose, so making tax digital for this whole trade, do you think that's going to breed a, a better business owner? Because they're going to have to look at the numbers every quarter. So hopefully, there is yeah. a bit of a positive there. That I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, whether they'll look at it or whether they'll outsource it to oh, bookkeeper yeah. and accountant, and so it will just be the same process that yeah. the accountant yeah. just does it, and they don't actually look at the numbers. But it will the information will be up to date more regularly. So mm. in theory, they can look at it at least every quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the problems that you have in the accounting world, because I, I speak to lots of accountants now, and, and they all say the same thing. There's a lot to cover in accounting. So what you tend to have is um, accounting and tax advisors who all they do is churn out year-end accounts. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's what they've always done or they've come from practices that have done that and they just do the tax returns. And they're not always as good at giving the advice back or having regular conversations with the client because that comes at an additional cost that the client can't always afford or doesn't see the value in. Mm. So they'll, they'll, they'll give them one price for actually production of the accounts and tax return, um, but actually the extra value sometimes is in the advice, yeah. which is, you know... So if you go to the right accountant and they're at the right price and they, you know, they're giving the right value, that is invaluable. But yeah. it's people can sometimes expect a lot from an accountant mm-hmm. that is just giving them a lower fee just to submit their tax return. Mm. Um, which is one of the reasons I've decided to split my business because what we're doing now is we're we've partnered. We've not merged, but we're still independent businesses. But we've partnered with another accountant okay. who is doing all the year end giving the tax advice because they're qualified tax advisors mm-hmm. they do all of the things like research and development tax and then we do all of the day-to-day bookkeeping and then can give the advice on regular reporting management accounts yeah. can do budgets and forecasts because i'm a i'm a management accountant so that's where my strengths are yeah. i'm not a tax accountant so people don't always realize that there's lots of yeah. different types of accountants Absolutely. um so i kind of focus on the management side of it and someone else focuses on the tax side of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then hopefully then the client is then getting a good yeah, you so know good service on both sides love that can we talk about marketing for a minute? What's your what's your take on marketing? Is it something you tell your clients that they need to actually focus on and, and that kind of thing? Like, yeah, definitely. Def- well, you've got to tell people about your business, haven't you? Whether whether that's word of mouth, like we were saying at networking, or whether that's on social media and or that kind of thing. But I think what a lot of people do, especially when they first start, is they don't have any plan 
or any strategy yeah. and they just sort of randomly What's post <laughs> yeah they're just sort of randomly posting stuff randomly mm -hmm. going to every networking event that's out there uh, and spending hours and hours wasted on on in the right audience the wrong audiences basically mm -hmm. yeah. so so yeah it's it's crucial now to sort of get, you know get get a plan in place for or at least think about your ideal client yeah. and who you would like to work with and what they look and feel like yeah. Yeah. um obviously you guys are experts in this isn't it it's your avatar isn't it of <laughs> yeah. who you you really want to work Absolutely. with and then you target all your messages at those kinds of yeah. at those kinds of people well, if you don't know what they look like how are you supposed to spot them in a crowd like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you're not yeah. going to recognize them are you yeah this is it so i've almost gone full circle with with my marketing because um, when I first started, I knew that it was the you know smaller end businesses, sole traders yep. who were really struggling with the numbers or not getting any, any visibility, struggling with the tax return. Yep. Then as my business grow, grew and I started working with slightly bigger businesses, my marketing changed. Okay. But now... Now my now I've kind of gone back to helping the smaller end businesses. I've kind of reverted back to that that smaller end. So where mm -hmm. I choose to show up and some of my messages and stuff have kind of gone back to where mm -hmm. where where I started, which yeah. is uh, yeah. What it's sort fair. of marketing activity do you currently sort of do? Like what platforms and stuff do you use? What do you get up to? Yeah, so I use LinkedIn, Instagram, and facebook mm -hmm. mainly i have dabbled a little bit on tiktok oh, okay. done a few mm -hmm. videos I've on there <laughs> but they tend to be just a string of videos and photos and i string it together and i add yeah. a bit of music and that's all i do so i haven't ever tinkered around with any more than that yeah you know where they put all the graphics and the speech bubbles <laughs> and the you know all that sort of thing yeah. and the, the fancy things on there um and but at the moment, because I'm in this state of transition where I'm now trying to focus on the business club, yeah. um, my marketing will be all tailored around pointing people to my Facebook group, really. Okay. So it kind yeah. of changes a bit, changes a little bit. Um, as as I, previously, I've been a member of uh, I've been a member of network groups that I have to go to every week, yeah, and, I've, yeah. and then I've flitted around to different different networking groups. But now. I'm going back to the groups where I know it's likely to have more of a sole trader base, yeah, um, and and doing that. So so yeah, so that that's really what I mean. I do need to do a lot more in terms of marketing. I don't do any sort of email marketing, yeah. for example. I don't yeah. don't do any of that. I don't do any advertising really. Mm -hmm. um, so it all tends to be just what I post on social media and yeah, and my networking yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, so it's something like we we. We've had numerous guests on here. Email marketing always comes up as something that they've never really done or spent. But yeah. for yeah. us, it's like the easiest, like, it's directly yeah. under your nose. You know, yeah. you've got the data, you've got the email addresses. Like, they've worked with you. Like, why yeah. are you doing email marketing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, th I think, to be honest, it's uh, the blocker of mine is actually sitting down and writing stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. So, so that's my blocker that I yeah. need to get over. Um, because when I come to do it, um, Talk, you know, I'd find it easier doing a Facebook Live than I would yeah, sit in and writing yeah. a newsletter yeah, yeah. because I'd, I'd probably rewrite it a million times <laughs> and then still not be happy with it. Sure. Um, so, you know, maybe having some... Yeah, I've tried people writing it for me in the past, but yeah. then it doesn't really sound like me and That's it's not the words thing. I would use. So it's trying to get yeah. get the balance right between between that, really. Yeah. So, yeah. There's no reason to go in, like, guns blazing, just short and sweet, try a couple out, and then, yeah. you know, build those first initial ones, and then you'll be, I think, yeah. impressed with how easy they are as you go forward. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, I have people's email marketing 
uh, think things come yeah, through yeah. to me and very yeah. often it's just an update of what they've been doing that week yeah, yeah. then followed by some other stuff at the end so so yeah it's not rocket yeah. science is it really <laughs> yeah everyone, like you say everyone's the same it's just, just time and actually doing yeah. it yeah, um, yeah everyone yeah. kind of knows what they need to do and what they want to do but, yeah so yeah. The, the easiest thing for you could be 12 tips on how to grow your business and just yeah. one, one a month yeah um, yeah especially for sole traders so it's yeah it's there's lots you could do but like yeah. say it's just procrastination isn't it it <laughs> like is yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it <laughs> is i've tried sort of blocking time out in my diary but it doesn't always work sometimes yeah. it did um i was like right every monday i'm gonna this is gonna be my marketing day at least the morning because then yeah. I, can, I know i can start my week off and it's done then and i'm not then thinking about yeah, it yeah, yeah. all week and then every friday i'd be working on my you know my business club and i'd be sort of getting the audience growing and stuff like that and then in between times would be my you know my day-to-day job in my in terms of my my accounting stuff yeah. but yeah it doesn't doesn't always work out like that <laughs> well that's your homework so the next time I meet yeah, you, I want yeah. you to have started email marketing yeah. yeah questionable questions what's the creepiest thing you could say to a stranger in the street um <laughs> i like your lips <laughs> Like it, I like it. <laughs> if you had your own sitcom about your life, what would the tagline be? Oh gosh, you see, the writing and things like this is not my strong point. <laughs> um, tagline about my life? Mm. Oh gosh. Uh, Maybe it's like really a friend style sitcom about you or. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It'd probably be not so much now, but it'd probably be something along the like Sex in the City lines. <laughs> Brilliant. With some email procrastination in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how did you get out of trouble when you was a kid? Blame my brother. Nice. <laughs> that's a, that's a classic. Yeah, a classic. yeah. Younger or older? He's younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Can't even talk yet, but you're blaming him, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could be a fly on the wall, where would be the first place you'd land? Ooh, um, boringly, I think it would be in either the White House or in some in Number Ten. Ooh, okay. I'm a big believer. Well, I'm not believer, but I love conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anything yeah, to do yeah. with that, I just like to see what actually goes on and what they actually know. Yeah, and yeah. if there is any conspiracy theories that are actually real. Like well, yeah, true. this is it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, yeah. Well, that's good. I thought you were going to say HMRC to see if they're just sat around <laughs> oh, drinking God. tea all day. Yeah. Well, a lot of them actually work at home now. Well, so, yeah, they're yeah. definitely sat home drinking yeah. tea all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are a couple of items that you could buy at the supermarket that would make the cashier feel really, really awkward? Um. Oh, gosh. That's... I don't know if anything would make them feel awkward, was it? They probably felt all sorts. <laughs> seen all sorts. Um, I don't know, I'm struggling with Cucumber that Cucumber and some Vaseline. Well, yeah. I knew you'd that. <laughs> you know what? Cucumber did come to my mind, but I was like... <laughs> See, I said it, she was thinking it. I was thinking it. rope and like yeah, a hammer yeah. or something. No. Yeah, yeah. Hammer and Vaseline? No, rope and hammer. In the supermarket. Just drop the Vaseline. Rope. God, I don't <laughs> What are you doing with the hammer? <laughs> well, it's been ever thank so God. nice to have you on. So thank yeah. you no, so thank much. You. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. If people want to get in touch and reach out, where's the best place that they can find you, your businesses? Where can they go? 
Yeah, so my uh, Facebook group, if they wanted to join that, is called Mojo Business Club, so they can find that easily. My Facebook page is Mojo Accounting. Brilliant. Um, they can also connect with me on LinkedIn, just as Claire Flinders. Um, and yeah, we're on Instagram as well, Mojo, Mojo Bookkeeping, I think, on Instagram. Brilliant. So yeah. That's well, I'll make it. sure all those links are in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if people do uh, reach out, that'd be great. And again, thank you for coming on. It's been lovely chatting, yeah. even yeah. if it did end up talking about Vaseline. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, thanks, guys. Cheers, Claire. Brilliant.